Hello, 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 and welcome to episode 172 of the Mo Money Podcast. I am your host, Jessica Morris. Welcome back to the show. So excited for this episode because I'm t- chatting with my pal, Kayla Sloan. Um, I've known her for years uh, through the personal finance blog sphere. Um, she was a personal finance blogger, but um, she's, you know, over the past couple of years, she's kind of pivoted and now runs her own business, um, teaching others how to become virtual assistants because that's kind of her background. She, uh, kind of built a, a business, a side hustle, if you will, um, uh, doing some virtual assistant work to kind of make some extra money. She had a bunch of debt to pay off. And so that's what um, she did to crush it. We're going to get to more of that in the episode. And then uh, because she learned so much about how to be a virtual assistant, how to um, you know work with clients, how to find clients, she developed uh, her own online course called 10K VA. And now she helps a lot of people um, basically go from the ground up, having no idea how to even start to becoming virtual assistants and helping them find clients, which I think is super exciting and empowering, you know, helping a lot of people that um, want to make some extra money, don't know how and you can be a virtual assistant you know from your you know from your office your home office from your couch from anywhere um which is pretty pretty cool um so we're gonna get to a lot of exciting topics uh in this episode so i know you're gonna just love it but before i do here's just a few words about this episode's sponsor this episode of the mo money podcast is supported by fab fit fun have you tried out one of fab fit fun subscription boxes no Well, what are you waiting for? In case you don't know, FabFitFun is a subscription box service that provides full-sized beauty, fashion, fitness, and lifestyle goodies for one low price. How low? Combined, all the products in their boxes are valued at $200, but you only pay $49.99. That means you could get a box of 8 to 10 full-size products from brands like The Honest Company, Tarte Cosmetics, Kate Somerville, Free People, Summer and Rose, and more for less than $50. Not only that, shipping is free for most U.S. locations and just $8 for other locations like Canada. And because FabFitFun is awesome, they are offering $10 off to all Mo Money podcast listeners. Just use the promo code MONEY and get $10 off at checkout. To learn more or to get your first box, visit FabFitFun.com and use promo code MONEY. That's FabFitFun.com and promo code M-O-N-E-Y. Hey, Kayla. Thank you so much for joining me on the Mo Money podcast. (laughs) Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Me too. Me too. Me too. I feel like I've I've known you. I've known your story for years. We both come from the personal finance world, FinCon and all that kind of stuff. Um, it wasn't until recently that I feel like we really got to know each other well. We, we're roomies. So that that was fun at the retreat. Um, so I'm so excited to finally have you on the show to talk about your story and what you're doing now because I think you're doing some really exciting stuff. Well, thanks so much for having me. As I said, I'm super excited and it was so fun to finally get to know you. Like I knew you existed in the space, obviously, and I knew your story and your website and all of that, but getting to really know you as a person, like in person instead of online <laughs> I know. was so fun. Am I like very different or like... No, no, I don't think same. so. Oh, yeah, that's nice. I think it's a pretty authentic brand. So oh, good. Pat yourself on the back with that. Yeah, patting myself. <laughs> <laughs> also, I'm just like, that's all I got, right? Like, I literally do not know how to create like some beautiful Instagrammy persona. I don't know how to do that. I'm not like, oh, no, I can't. That's I don't not even my know thing. how to pull that off. So that's I don't not even my try. Thing either. No, yeah. I can't do it. It seems like <laughs> way too much work. Like, let's be honest. Like, 
that is just way too much work. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to do that. I don't want to put makeup on every day. Like, that's just not going to happen. It's just like, not. that's why I don't work a real job, right? Yeah, I know. Legit. I like roll out of bed at like 10, like a bum and it's the best. Have some coffee, shower, don't put any makeup on and just start working, living my best life. Super exactly. not glamorous looking, but I'm having a good time. <laughs> I always kind of wonder when I like leave my house, like, I don't know, go to the grocery store or whatever, if people are like, what's her deal? <laughs> like, what does she do for a living? Because I used to do the same thing when I worked a nine to five. And if I had like a I don't know, dental appointment or something during the day, and I'd see all these people just hanging out in the middle of the week, I'm like, what are you doing? Do you not have a job? What's going um, on? Now I know. I still do that. Well, what do you mean? You still, oh, you still, still question people? Yes. I do. I still question even people though, too, but now I kind of assume that they have an online business or they're self-employed in some way. Like, yeah, or they're just they just have money, or they're just squatting somewhere. <laughs> Lots of options there. Anyways, off track a little bit. Um, I want to kind of start off um, getting to know you and your story a little bit more because I think it's really interesting. Um, you started with you. You had your own personal finance blog. Now you have your own online business, but what kind of inspired you to start your own blog and kind of documenting your personal finance journey? Yeah. So going back a few years, um, I graduated college in 2012 Mm -hmm. and I didn't have too much in the way of student loans. I had about $8,000, which is not, it's not too bad here in the U S and, um, and about $10,000 in credit card debt though. And that credit card debt was just, I mean, high interest. Mm-hmm. But I really didn't add it up. At that time, I still really had my head in the sand. And I bought a house for $120,000 mm-hmm. at the ripe old age of 21. And when my uh, mortgage payment kicked in, it was the same month as my student loan payments kicked in after mm-hmm. graduation. And all of a sudden, I was like, I'm working this full-time job. And I thought I'd be making all this money. And I have no idea where it went. And my account is always flirting with zero. Oh, yeah, it was very stressful. And I was up super late at night because I couldn't sleep because I was like worried, like, mm-hmm. is my account going to be negative when I wake up in the morning? Did mm-hmm. I overspend? And I ended up Googling something about paying off debt. And I just stumbled on this amazing online community of mm-hmm. personal finance blogs. And this was back in the day when everybody like commented on your post. Nobody does that anymore. Nobody does that anymore. I miss I that. miss it. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. And so, you know, they were all linked. And so I would like read post after post after post. And like, you know, if you commented on somebody's post mm-hmm. and it was linked to your website, then I would go read all of yeah. your, all of your blog posts. And so, um, yeah, it was just this whole eye opening experience. And after reading, um, for, probably a couple of months, I decided that I was going to start my own blog for accountability. Mm, yeah, And so I started an anonymous personal finance blog called Shoeaholic No More <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> back in the day. Mm. And um, really just talked about how, you know, my shopping problem had really led to a lot of debt uh, based around emotional shopping. And as I worked through that, I discovered that you could make money online. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which was just shocking to me. Yeah. I thought it was a scam. Yeah, I mean, well, sometimes it is. <laughs> sometimes. But sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's totally legit. 
Yeah. So at first I was like, this must be a total, total scam. And then my second thought was, okay, if these people can figure out how to do it, I can figure out how to do it because I feel like I'm pretty smart. So I've got to figure this out. Mm -hmm. And so from there, I... I found online income reports and they were super inspiring to me. And I decided to start, um, I guess, freelancing on the side Mm -hmm. of my full-time job. And so I did some writing about personal finance. And at the time it was kind of like, I don't really know anything about money. That's why I'm in debt, but you're going to pay me to write about money. So I guess I'll figure it out. Yep. That is (laughs) legit how you pretty much start any opportunity. They're like, you pretend like you know, and then you figure it out. (laughs) Exactly. Like I knew how to write. Like I'm a pretty good writer. And so I was like, well, I know how to do that. So I'll just have to research the money part of that. Totally. So I did that um, for a little while and I had a couple of clients and then realized that my true calling was in uh, virtual assisting and Mm. project management because I love organization and helping people behind the scenes of their business and just really having that attitude of service for um, online business. And so that's really where my calling came. And I did that part-time for about 12 months Mm -hmm. before I quit my full-time job in July, 2015. Wow. That's amazing. How did you get into like the world of virtual assisting. Like I know whenever I talk to people about, oh, you know, side hustles or, or do you want to make some money on the side or whatever? Um, being a virtual assistant is, is a common one just because it seems like it's pretty easy to pick up. You can do it from anywhere. You could do it in your spare time and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I think a lot of people are like, but how do you actually like start doing that? How do you get clients? How does this even work? Yeah, for sure. So I'll be honest, for me, it kind of fell in my lap. But since then, I have learned a ton about being a virtual assistant. And I have worked with a lot of people who start virtual assistant businesses. And so really what I tell people is, um, you know, you don't like the cold call, but cold email Mm. approach. And also I use a lot of Facebook groups and Facebook communities. Mm. And so um, if you're already in the online space at all with a blog or anything like that, you can definitely reach out to connections you already have in the community and chances are they need help or they know someone who does. Mm -hmm. Um, And then if you don't already have those connections, um, that's where I do a lot of like cold emailing. And You know, if you follow blogs, most of us obviously do, or they wouldn't be listening to your podcast, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, reach out to those bloggers and those podcasters and and say, hey, I've followed you for three years, Mm -hmm. you know, or however long. And I was just wondering if you need some help. Mm -hmm. It's as easy as that. I know it sounds like super like crazy easy, but if somebody would have reached out to me, like I'd be like, yeah, I need help. Yeah. I guess it depends on like how you really phrase it because cold emails can go like a couple different ways. I've definitely gotten some, um, like, yeah, I think how you phrased it was good. It's like, oh, you know, do you need any help? And really like come from a genuine standpoint Mm -hmm. and not be so like in your face. Cause I've gotten some really crazy cold emails where it's almost as if they're saying, uh, we see part of your business that's not doing well. We can help you with that. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Did you just literally slag off part of my business? Like, you, did you just say, you know, this needs some work and we can help you? I'm like, well, I don't think it needs to work. So I think that's quite offensive. <laughs> right. Right. But if those bloggers post personal updates and say anything like, oh my gosh, business has been crazy or yeah. like, I feel overwhelmed. Like, yeah. 
Ding, ding, ding. So really, yeah, that's a good strategy. Like looking on, you know, finding maybe a niche too. Like if you want to like stick in a certain niche, you know, personal finance bloggers or beauty bloggers or whatever, and just kind of legitimately just like listen to their podcast to see if they say something or read their blog to see if they kind of say something and use that, that link. You're like, oh, I read your post where you mentioned this. That's actually a really good strategy. Because they're like, oh, number one, you do actually read my blog. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Mm Because so many times do I get emails being like, oh, I love your blog. And they literally, the URL is like http dot slash slash Jessica Moore. I'm like, you literally just copy and pasted that. You've never gone to my website. It's like, give Mm -hmm. me something to prove you haven't my website. Exactly. And that is something I tell all the people that I work with. So now I don't, I don't work just as like a virtual assistant. I actually work coaching and teaching virtual assistants, like Mm -hmm. how to start their own businesses. And so that is one of the first things we cover is like really being genuine in your business efforts is going to go so much further than just being after that almighty dollar, right? Like we all Mm want to make money. Like that's why we're in business, but you really have to have like that genuine spirit and really care about your clients and your potential clients and, and going about that in the right way. What are your thoughts on lots of the different kind of online job forums, kind of like, um, what are the names of them now? Now they've all escaped to me, but you know, like where like a Fiverr or something like that or whatever, Mm -hmm. is that a good way for a potential or like a a newbie VA um, that wants to find clients or are those just kind of like, you're just going to get nickel, you're just not going to make that much money if you do go that route because they take a cut? Yeah. So I actually recommend those as like a very last resort. Like Mm. if you've tried everything else, maybe you can do that short term to get some experience under your belt and be able to, you know, have a piece for your portfolio or something like that to show potential clients when you go back to those other approaches Mm -hmm. of looking for clients. But that's definitely not something you want to do long term because just like you said, you're going to be nickel and dimed. They're not going to want to pay well. There's so much competition on those boards, especially mm. from overseas yeah. where you know people are charging less. And so it's going to be hard to stand out from that crowd. And I think it's also going to be hard to find clients who want to work with you long-term and who respect you as a person and as a valuable asset mm. to their business. Yeah, no, that's a really good point, actually. And that's another thing I think also to consider. I think sometimes when I think about VAs, I kind of see them like hopping from client to client, but that's not always true. Sometimes VAs just have a couple standard clients that they have for a long period of time. And and they're not also another misconception, too, I think also from the perspective of something, someone who you know, would like a VA is, are, do they have to be like a full-time, you know, contractor or employee? Could they be part-time? There's lots of different schedules that you can kind of work with. It's, it's pretty like, I mean, it's all very new. So it's, it's kind of like, there's no rules. Right. And since VAs are contractors too, something I remind both business owners hiring a VA and also the VA themselves is, you know, the VA is in charge of their schedule. I mean, yeah. they'll get your work done. Like if you tell them you have work for them to do as a business owner. Um, but that conversation has to happen, you know, from individual to individual as far as like what that looks like. Because as a business owner, hiring a VA can be super beneficial Mm -hmm. because they don't have to have a set number of hours per week or per month or whatever. And so it can be super flexible for you to get the help you need in your business without having to pay someone full time. Yeah. And that, I think that was for me, because I mean, we've had these conversations before. I have always been doing, you know, everything I do. And most people are kind of shocked. They're like, how do you get it all done? I'm like, I don't know, but it is all just me, like legit. Like I just do it all. And before it was just uh, like, that's kind of 
how I had to do it. You know, when I was doing this as a side hustle, I couldn't afford to hire anyone to help me. And also it did make sense. Why should I hire a VA when I'm doing this on the side and I have a full-time job? And then when I shifted to being full-time, I'm like, oh, finally I have more hours in my day. So I can, I can't make that excuse like, oh, I don't have enough time to do it. I'm like, well, I do have more time. But I think the the thing, especially as a business owner, is when you realize, okay, I am at max capacity, recognizing that, and I am uh, spending time on these administrative tasks when I could be, you know, going out there finding more clients or developing new projects or whatever it is. That's probably um, when it makes sense to hire someone. But yeah, I wanted to kind of explore like when does it make sense to hire out, and I, I mean, it's another kind of I think objection or reason why lots of kind of solopreneurs like me feel like it's a hard thing to like, ah, should I actually hire someone? It's just like, it's money. It's money that could be in my pocket. So should I do it myself or should I get someone else to do it and pay them? Yeah, I definitely hear you. And I think that when it comes to the perfect time to hire someone, if you're already feeling overwhelmed, the perfect time to hire someone was yesterday. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because before that sets in, you know, bringing someone in to help you before you're at that point of complete overwhelm and exhaustion as a business owner. And, you know, I feel like I have kind of both perspectives, like as a VA and a business owner. So this is super fun to talk about. (laughs) Um, But bringing someone on, you know, the things I start with are some of those those administrative things and those, you know, kind of in the weeds tasks Mm -hmm. that are important to your business, but they're also not you know, the thing that's bringing you your income, I guess. So it's like taking those small things off your plate so you can clear up time and mental space to focus on those bigger tasks and bigger projects and bringing in those high ticket, you know, sales and clients and things like that as a business owner, because those are the things that need your personal attention. Mm -hmm. You know, those are, you know, you can't put someone else on a sales call instead of you if you're the one that's going to be delivering, you yeah. know, the product, but you can have your VA do other things behind the scenes that mm-hmm. don't need your personal, you know, face or voice or whatever. So, mm-hmm. well, what as an example, or it, maybe you could provide some insight, like what typically do VAs do? Like that's always kind of a mystery, mystery to me too, because it doesn't seem like they all do the same thing. Yeah, there's tons of things that virtual assistants can do. And actually, there's different types of virtual assistants. Mm -hmm. And um, so I actually have put together a really cool guide um, for business owners that's new. Um, And there's literally over a hundred things listed. Okay. So I know that sounds overwhelming. Yeah. <laughs> but I promise it. I promise it's not. Um, they're kind of grouped. So, you know, you might find that if you have checked off like, you know, five or six things in one area, like that might be the type of virtual assistant you need. For example, like maybe a social media virtual assistant is right. what, you know, your business needs the most, or, you know, maybe you need someone to handle, you know, some kind of sales or marketing or um, website management or blog management. So there are, you know, different types of VAs that can help you with different aspects of your business. Mm. So it's really, I guess, instead of just like hiring someone and seeing how it goes, figuring out, okay, what's my business? What are kind of the systems? I know you're kind of like the the systems gal, talk about systems a lot. Um, What do you need the most help with? And then trying to find a VA that fits into that category instead of just like picking someone that you're like, "Mm, let's test it out and see how it goes. Exactly. So like when I work with business owners 
who are looking to hire their first VA, like that is one of the things that I tell them to do is kind of look at like, what is your biggest pain point? And what is mm-hmm. the thing you want to like outsource to a VA the very, very most and go from there mm-hmm. because that will help you find the person that you need in your business. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, what I also kind of, I want to kind of talk less maybe about the the business owners and more for like the people that are like, no, I'm interested in becoming a VA. This would be a good side hustle. Yeah, let's do um, I guess at what point, like it could just be a side hustle. You could do it for a temporary time, then, you know, not do it. Or I guess there is the other thing where you could uh, try to make that into your full-time living. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, you, you're proof that you can be a VA full-time and make a, a decent living. But I mean, I guess like, let's kind of like talk money. Like how much can you expect to make if you wanted to do this full time? Like how much can a VA potentially make? Cause I guess the, the one limiting factor is it's all about your time. You only have so much time to provide right. these services. Yeah. So definitely something that you need to think about is that it's not passive income. I, I always say uh-huh. that up front. Yeah. You do have to work. Yeah, you do. It's active. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's very active. Um, but that said, it is a very good side hustle because it can be so flexible with your schedule and what you have going on, which I know we kind of talked about a little bit earlier. But Mm -hmm. as far as earnings, um, I would say like in U.S. dollars, I should Mm -hmm. probably say, because some of your audience is Canadian and some is probably U.S. Mm -hmm. And so anyway, um, in U.S. dollars, like as a beginning VA, if you come in and you don't have a lot of background in um, online business and um, how to use online tools and things like that, and you do Mm -hmm have to have more training. Um, you could probably expect to earn around 15 to $20 an hour, mm-hmm. um, in us dollars. And then if you come in and you have a really extensive background with administrative skills and, um, already know how to use a lot of online tools and technology and things like that, um, you can probably expect to earn, um, probably around $30 an hour or so mm-hmm. to start off with. And then there are super specialized skills that you could always work into your business later. Um, and VAs who have those can earn as much as $60 an hour. Wow. That's pretty decent. Yeah. I always kind of expected VAs to like, yeah, kind of like the beginning you said, you know, 15 to $20 an hour. I'm like, yeah, that, that makes sense. But I didn't realize, you know, you could potentially make way more. And I mean, it makes sense if you have specialized skills um, that people desperately need. And there's obviously less people that probably have that skill if it's specialized then you can, you know, charge way more. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's exciting. I guess the other thing to consider too is even though some people are like, oh, that must be easy to set up to become a virtual assistant. You just need a computer and an internet connection. What kind of costs, you know, like you probably have to make some kind of investments in things. Is it expected as a VA to have certain programs or is that the clients, like is is the business owner have to have those things? What kind of business expenses do do VAs have to think about that they may have to spend some money on to have a business for themselves? Um, in general, most VAs need to have, obviously, like you talked about, a computer and a good internet connection. Um, and then as far as tools and things like that, I do generally recommend that the client or the business owner um, mm-hmm. owns those because if you as the VA stop working with the business owner for some reason, then the business owner retains ownership of their information in their account to use with a future mm-hmm. VA. Mm-hmm. Um, so the cost to start a VA business are super low. Um which makes it a really attractive option. Oh, yeah. And if you are looking for a side hustle, um, you know, there's a few optional expenses you could do, like having your own website or investing a little bit of money in business cards or advertising or things mm. like that. But, you know, as far as essentials, it's very, you know, very inexpensive to start. Oh, 
Well, that's good too, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, in general, for because you work with a lot of you train VAs, um, you have a course um, about VAs, so you you deal with a lot of different VAs. And typically, like, what are the kind of the age ranges, or who are these people that generally tend to be VAs? Is it kind of a mm-hmm. spectrum, or is it? Oh, that's a lot of these types of people. Yeah, so I would say that um, demographically, most VAs are women, although I have met some men and there are some men I've worked with in my course and in my coaching mm. program um, as well. But then as far as age, most of them are probably, um, I'd say, mid-20s. And mm. I think um, the oldest like client I've worked with is probably uh, in her 50s. And mm-hmm. so there is kind of a wide range of ages, um, yeah, yeah, but mostly yeah, women. So. Yeah. I wanted to talk a little bit about um, your course. You have a course called 10K VA. Um, what exactly is in the course? What can someone expect to learn? Like, how? What are some of the things that someone needs to learn to become a, a VA so that they feel like confident and, and ready to uh, get some clients and help them? Yeah. So my course 10K VA, it teaches you how to go from the very beginning stages of even what is a VA, what kind of services can I offer? How do I set up my business and get my first client? Mm -hmm. And how do I onboard that first client and seem like a professional and be confident in myself? And then we go all the way through all of those um, hot topics, I would say. Mm -hmm. Um, And then eventually in the last module, we talk about how to scale up your business so that you can earn up to $10,000 per month as a virtual assistant. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know it's possible because that's something I've done for the Mm -hmm. last two years consistently. So it's super exciting. You definitely can earn a full-time living as a virtual assistant. And so, um, you know, I share a little bit about my story and then we have a really strong support group of virtual assistants too um, included with the course so that you can bounce ideas off of each other and ask questions and and have support and things like that as well. Mm -hmm. Um, One thing I, I really actually forgot to, I probably should have gone to this at the beginning, but one thing that really uh, I, I love, because I was reading the about page again on your website, and it was really fascinating to hear part of your story of how you became a, a full-time VA was, so you did kind of touch on like you had a bunch of debt and then um, you eventually became a VA, but there's kind of a big, bigger story kind of in there. You you had a bunch of debt and you still decided to quit. You had a, a decent job and you, you decided to quit to kind of go off on your own to be a full-time VA. Mm-hmm. What made you decide to do that? Yeah. So at the time that I gave my notice, I had $148,000 of debt. Was that like your Um, mortgage or consumer debt? That included my mortgage, but also consumer debt. Mm. Um, And I didn't tell anyone until after I already gave notice at my job because like I knew my family would try to talk me out of it just out of concern. Right. So because it sounds crazy. Like, why would you quit your job with that much debt? Yeah. Um, But I just knew like at that point, my business, I was running it part time and I was already earning as much as I was at my full time job. Mm -hmm. And so I knew that by freeing up those 40 hours a week that I would be able to increase my business income to exceed what I was making at my day job. And so I really decided that it was kind of now or never. It was either, you know, give up the job or give up the business because I was kind of running, run ragged doing both. And so I decided to really take that risk and, um, I guess bet on myself is Mm -hmm. what I like to say. And, um, I knew that I had the hustle to do it. So that was the push I needed to really take my business to the next level. 
Yeah. And that being said, and you, you told me before I hit the record button, you're like, but I do not advocate for people to quit their jobs with a bunch of debt. <laughs> yes. That does not mean it always works out. I mean, it worked out in my case and I definitely think it can, but you know, not highly recommended. Not Don't just like randomly quit your job with debt. Okay. Like it needs to be very thought out if you're going to do something like that. Yes, definitely. And it, well, it sounded like too, you didn't quit your job and then, okay, let's figure out how to make money. It's like you were already making money. You could prove to yourself that you could expand this into a full-time living. So yes. Yeah, yeah. for sure. The other thing too that I, I really liked in part of your story on your about page was that um, when you were just kind of doing this on the side or even blogging too, you kind of just, you didn't even consider it really a business. You were just like, oh, you know, it's just something I like to do and it's fun and I make some money, but no big deal. And just like, yeah. <laughs> like, and then it wasn't until you talked to another blogger, Kat Alfred, about how she's like, no, that's, you're, you have a business going on right there. And I think that's a big mindset thing that, a lot of us have is when we do have a side hustle, we don't really consider ourselves business owners, but it's like, well, mm -hmm. if you're providing some kind of service or product, whether it's consulting or selling something on Etsy or whatever, you're a business owner. So mm -hmm. when you did kind of make that kind of realization or, or just like, yeah, okay, I need to own it. And I am a business owner. How did that kind of change your way of working? And did it kind of improve your business overall? Yeah. So at the time I was still, you know, part-time as a virtual assistant and freelance writer at the time. And I don't, I don't really write that much anymore, but mm -hmm. anyway, um, and Kat just kind of told me, she's like, you know, I, she's like, I know that you can take this full time. And this was like, I don't know, six, seven months before I quit my job. Mm -hmm. She was like, I can see it in you that you have the potential yeah. to, to take this and be so successful, but you have to decide if that's what you want to do and if that's what you're going to try and do. And I was just kind of like, what? Like, this is just something I do for extra money to help me pay off debt. And she's yeah. like, she's like, I know so many people that could use your help. Mm -hmm. She's like, I know there's work available for you. And so I was like, well, I mean, I guess, I guess it's a business and, you know, but as soon as I said that to myself, even though I wasn't super confident in it at the time, yeah. but even as I said it to myself, I, it was just this like light switch. I mean, mm -hmm. there's no other way to really describe it. It was like the moment that I decided that I was going to treat it as a business, even though I was kind of hesitant. Yeah. All these things came my way, yeah. new clients and new opportunities. And yeah. before I knew it, I was like, I have to quit my job or <laughs> I have to quit the business. That's when I hit that point was like right after I made that, that shift. And so I think it really does go to, to show you that if you treat it like a business and you have that yeah. mindset, you'll have even more abundance than mm -hmm. you do by just acting like, oh, it's just this thing, you know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. no big no, deal. Yeah, I, I totally relate to that. Um, and part of me was just, you know, growing up just for, throughout my whole life, I'm like, I'm not going to be like, I'm not good at business. I didn't go to business school. I'm not an entrepreneur. I'm not like one of those people out there doing their thing and motivational speaking and all that stuff. Like, I, I'm not that kind of person. So I can't relate to that. So I don't consider 
So even when I was, you know, similar to you, you know, making money by freelance writing, having my blog and all that stuff, um, I never considered myself a business owner. I always downplayed. I'm like, oh, no, it's just something I do. It's no big deal. But I'm like, actually, it was a big deal. <laughs> it was a really big deal. I was putting a lot of hours and time and effort into all of these things. And but I, I had the mindset. I'm like, well, no, I'm just making money so I can, you know, invest more, save up to buy a house, all these kind of things always kind of justified it. Um, but yeah, kind of, and I just, I think I also had some negative connotations towards earning money, making money. I was afraid people would think that I'm, um, and especially in the personal finance world, we get a lot of flack for, oh, aren't you supposed to be out there just helping people and lots of the people you're helping don't have money. So how dare you try to ask for money? Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, it's like, I'm still, I am a business and that's, for, you know, same thing uh, that happened to you happened to me. Once I really started putting myself out there, I'm like, no, this is what I do. I'm, you know, this is kind of a professional thing that I do. Uh, I am a business. Um, the abundance kind of kicked in and I started getting more opportunities, or at least I started seeing th- opportunities where I probably wouldn't have seen them before and taking more risks and stuff like that and stopped feeling so guilty for wanting to make a living. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yes. A money guilt is a huge thing. And mm-hmm. I, sometimes we don't even realize that we're doing it. Mm -hmm. It's like this hidden thing in the back of our mind. And even though we don't consciously tell ourselves that we don't deserve it or that we shouldn't make money, Mm -hmm. it's in the back of our heads. And it's exactly like you said, I think coming from the personal finance space, I mean, that might be something a little bit unique, but you know, I think that everyone has a block somewhere, no matter where they're coming from. But yeah, kind of just shouldn't you be teaching people how to be frugal and how to save money and live on a low income? Why should you mm-hmm. try to earn more? Mm-hmm. And you're like, why shouldn't we try to earn more? And that mm-hmm. was a big thing just in my own life that I had to kind of recognize because I literally thought I would, especially if I, I continued, if I tried to pursue my you know, dream of working in the film industry, which I didn't, or if I, I continued to work in the newspaper industry, which is dying, I, I kind of knew if I kept on doing this and, and didn't try anything else, didn't ever start my blog or a side hustle or anything else, I would have to live on a low income. And that was just how it is. And that real, you know, some people are like, okay, that's just fine. I'll make it work. But for me, I'm like, no, that was my childhood. Like, I don't want to be restricted so much. I want to have more. And that's when I started kind of, I don't know, exploring other people that were talking less about cutting back and more about, yes, cut back, but the next step is earning more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which yeah, is, it's yeah. definitely a shift too. And like, just like you said, I want more. And yeah. And that's not a bad thing. Exactly. Think, it's not a bad thing. It doesn't mean no. you're greedy or you're going to just hoard all of your money. And because you're earning more, someone earns less because of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly why you do what you do because it's like you want to earn more, but you also want to educate and teach people that they can also Mm -hmm. do the same. Exactly. And that was super fun. It's been a really fun shift to go from, you know, just doing the business, just doing the work for Mm -hmm. clients to being able to help other people get started because this business has been so life-changing for Mm me. And being able to share that with the students in my course and the people that I coach is just, it's amazing. It's mm-hmm. such a great feeling to know that I get to do that and be mm-hmm. a part of that yeah. and not take credit for it because they definitely have to do the work. Yeah. But, you know, being able to help them change that mindset and get started with their business and just see their personal development and growth through that process. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, exactly. And I get to hear kind of the enthusiasm in your voice. And I, I'm the same way when I when I coach 
people with their finances. It is so exciting to see that, you know, again, they do the work. I just facilitate and educate, but it's so exciting to see lives changed because you know how I always tell people it's like I got into this business because I got inspired by lots of other people that were educating me I read blogs I read books I you know watched tv about personal finance that that's what changed my life so I want to be able to pay it forward and do the exact same thing mm-hmm. so and you're exactly. you're you're doing the exact same thing too with what you're doing with the your you know everyone that wants to become a virtual assistant which is super exciting so before i let you go um where can people find more information about you and uh, the course that you're offering right now yeah so um, my website is kaylasloan.com and there is a link to the course right there in the menu bar um, or you can find it by going to 10kva.com which is spelled out t-e-n-k-v-a.com awesome cool Well, uh, thank you so much, Kayla, for taking the time to chat with me. It was a pleasure, as always. And that was episode 172 with Kayla Sloan. Make sure to check out the show notes, jessicamorehouse.com slash 172. And also check out Kayla's website, kaylasloan.com. More information about just her services and also her course called 10KVA. I also will include some more info in the show notes. Um, I also have it listed in one of my kind of recommended courses on my website. Um, There's a section on my website called courses, I believe. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's it. JessicaMorehouse.com slash courses. And I have a few courses that I've taken myself that I found a really, uh, I really liked. I thought they're really well put together and could be really helpful for others. So if you want to check out some of my kind of recommendations, go over there. Now I've got a few uh, important things to share as always. Don't I always? Uh, so please stick around for just a tiny little baby minute. Um, I've got a uh, just a few words to share about this episode sponsor, but some exciting things to come right after. This episode of the Mo Money Podcast is supported by FabFitFun. If there's one thing I love, it's saving money. I honestly can't remember the last time I bought something that wasn't on sale or had a promo code that made the price go down. And that's exactly why FabFitFun is right up my alley. Not only do you get 8 to 10 full-size products for beauty, fashion, fitness, and lifestyle, but you only pay a fraction of the price it would cost you to buy them individually yourself. I'm talking about getting $200 worth of goodies for only $49.99. And right now, FabFitFun is giving all Mo Money podcast listeners a special $10 off promo code to try it out. All you have to do is go to FabFitFun.com and use promo code MONEY to claim the discount. Once again, go to fabbitfun.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y and get $10 off your purchase. Okay, promise some exciting things. So um, first and foremost, if y'all missed my side hustle webinar last week, that's okay. It was awesome. So you did kind of miss out. But if you would l- still like to watch the replay, you're okay not watching it live. That's cool because you're still going to get a ton of value out of it. It's awesome. Um, got some really great feedback from it. So just go to jessicamorehouse.com slash side hustle webinar and you can sign up to watch the replay whenever the heck you want. Um, it basically, I, I teach you kind of some really important things you need to know in order to understand like what a side hustle is, um, how to pick a you know side hustle. Like, should you have a service? Should you sell a product on Etsy? Like, what should you do? Um, how to find your customers? All this kind of great stuff. I do this presentation all the time. So it was really, really fun doing it to um, people that I know that listen to my podcast, go to my website, on my email list, all that kind of stuff. So 
If you missed it, that's okay. You can still watch the replay. It ain't too late. Um, ah, what else? What else? What else? Oh, yes. Um, super exciting news. Um, I am pretty much done the finishing touches on my, uh, investing course that I've been teasing for uh, months since the summer. Um, so I'm about to launch it. No date yet. I will share that hopefully next week with a firm launch date. But I can tell you um, that it was going to be this kind of mega course and then it just got too big and I'm like, no one is going to finish this. It's just too big. So I've split it into two. So the first course that I'm going to be launching is called Investing Foundations for Canadians. So if you're American, I'm sorry. I do not have your course ready yet. I will um, definitely work on one specific to Americans, but this one is specific to Canadians. So, you know, I know as Canadians, we, we have all these amazing books by Americans and talking about 401ks. And we're all like, what What the heck's that? We got our RSPs. We got our TFSAs. Well, this course is for you because I talk specifically just about Canadian stuff, stuff that um, you probably have a ton of questions about. So I literally walk you through all the important things that you need to know to be an informed and empowered investor. Stuff that literally took me hundreds of hours and three plus years studying um, to really put into this really intensive course that I know you are going to love. So I will share more details about that very, very soon. So stick around. One last thing. So I mentioned it on um, the show last week, I believe. So I am heading to Ottawa the weekend of uh, November 10th and 11th. And I want to do a little meetup, just like a kind of informal meetup, probably just do it at like a restaurant or bar or something and just like hang out and chat and get to know each other. Um, so I've already gotten a bunch of emails from people, which is super awesome, super excited. So I'm definitely going to set something up. Um, but I, I just want to, you know, put that out there. If you missed last week's episode, you're just getting this one, you live in Ottawa and you want to hang out, yeah, send me an email, um, jessica at jessicamorehouse.com and let me know that you're interested and uh, I will start putting the plans together and it'll be super fun. And uh, yeah, and you'll probably meet my husband because he uh, he's coming and he's not going to like just stay in the room. He's probably going to come with me. So he's, he's really nice, I promise. Um, <laughs> and he's also, I hope he's listening right now because he's editing this. So yeah. Anyways, uh, thank you so much for listening to this episode. I'm going to be back here next Wednesday with a fresh new episode of the Bo Money Podcast. So until then, have a great rest of your day and see you next week. This podcast is distributed by the Women in Media Podcast Network. Find out more at womeninmedia.network.